Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Today, we bring you the ideas of three remarkable individuals. Mark Nepo is a highly regarded author, poet, philosopher, and spiritual teacher. Monica Berg, renowned spiritual teacher, author, and speaker, and Koya Webb, holistic health coach, yoga instructor, author, and motivational speaker. Now, each of these guests share their invaluable insights on embracing change, conquering fear, and embracing your truest self. As we venture into the depths of their conversations, we're not only opening the door to personal growth, but also inviting you to walk alongside us on a journey of empowerment, self-discovery, and profound transformation. You know, I can speak to these things. Of course, I have no answers, but I know that I feel deeply in our time um, that we have to stay present and invisible. We can't vanish because vanishing and hiding only empowers fear and fear is what makes people think they don't have enough, be desperate and do all these terrible things in the first place. And somehow um, it doesn't minimize that, my God, the difficulties that people face. But, you know, I think back, you know, I'm of the Jewish tradition. I'm a student of all paths, but I had family that died in the Holocaust. And when I think, and, and I've thought about that a lot in this pandemic time with all the stridency and the right wing and so so many different polarized views. And it's it's amazing that so many people died back then who were hiding. I'm not blaming them mm. for hiding, but it's something something in my soul says we have to stay visible. We have to stay loving. We can't meet uh, fire with fire. We have to meet fire with light and warmth. You know, I and I, and this is our challenge today. But every generation has its challenge, and the question is, it's our turn. How are we, all of us, going to show up? And you know, in one of my books that um, I, I explored so many of the different communities throughout time. And I was surprised to, to learn that, you know, back in the what we call the Dark Ages in Europe, like 12 to 14, 1500, only 10% of the European population was literate, could read and write. And they kept literacy alive for 300 years. And so whatever dark time or fold of time that we are in when we're awake because we could fall asleep tomorrow when we're awake it's incumbent on us to keep the literacy of the heart alive and not have it vanish and stay visible and and be the one gesture of goodness that keeps the world going it doesn't make the crime 
any less tolerable. It doesn't make the pain, the difficulty. But we, we, we have to be here together. We can't go into hiding. Yeah, and that's the instinct, right? I was back east for Thanksgiving, and I was telling my husband, I don't want to go back to L.A. I feel safe here. I can sleep yeah. well. In L.A., I'm on guard. I'm scared. I hear noise. I, you know, I'm I'm scared. And I did. I wanted to vanish. <laughs> I wanted to hide. Um, and then when you're not hiding, the instinct is, well, how are we going to protect ourselves against these people? Yeah. And and then, you know, of course, everyone has varying you know, degrees. We got to get guns. We got to get this. And I'm like, no, we don't even know how to use guns. Yeah. What are we doing? We're going to hurt ourselves somehow in preparation to protect ourselves from someone else. This None of this really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that's how it escalates always throughout history. You know, and, and I think it's a quiet courage that's required for all of us to acknowledge the reality. I mean, because we all have to survive and thrive. If all we do is survive, what's the point? And so, yes, we can't pretend that none of that's hap not happening out there and that it doesn't agitate us and make us afraid, but our fear isn't the only thing in us. And I know this, I know you know from your journey, but I know this so well from my cancer journey. And anytime that I'm afraid, it's real. And how do I, the practice for me is whatever's causing that fear, how do I feel it thoroughly to the bottom so I get to the bottom of it because where I'm standing under it is not afraid? Wait, say that again. <laughs> I know there was something profound in there, and I'm like, hold on. <laughs> if I'm standing over it? On it. If I'm standing here, where, where I'm standing right now, in me, I'm, I can be afraid. But the ground under me is not afraid. The earth under that is not afraid. Light, so how do we stop? It's very normal for us to, if I'm afraid, I want to make, Every, I, I make a worldview that the world's a fearful place. If I'm broken, I want to say, oh, the world's a broken place. If I've been betrayed, I say, you know what? You can't trust anything in life. And that, how do we not extrapolate our experience to be everything? Because it's not. Yes, I'm feeling fear, but that's not all there is in life. Even at this moment of fear. So how do I let all of that in? That's the quiet courage is to honor what's true in, a, in me so I can let everything beyond that come to make me heal and whole and well. You know, when I was, you know, in my cancer journey many years ago, um, I was so afraid, so terrified. And I could also feel at the same time, life was happening around me. People were falling in love. Babies were being born. Kindnesses were being given from, to strangers. So it doesn't, doesn't make what I'm going through insignificant, but it doesn't make what I'm going through everything. Mm. It's all true. And the restorative of life is the wholeness let all of those kindnesses mix with my fear and right size it when you're on the go 24 7 like me guys finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials it's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first-time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but 
It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm sure you've heard about probiotics. We recently partnered with Just Thrive. Tina Anderson is the mastermind behind this extraordinary product. Why do we need a probiotic? The world we're living is so disruptive to our gut health, from antibiotics that we take, from Roundup that's sprayed out over our food supply, to stress. We see symptoms like gas and bloating, diarrhea, constipation, skin rashes, autoimmune issues and allergies, mood disorders, so anxiety, depression, all of those types of issues are stemming from our imbalance in our gut. And the thing about Just Thrive Probiotic is you don't have to refrigerate it. To be a probiotic it needs to be alive in your intestines, not alive in the refrigerator. And most of those probiotics in the refrigerator actually don't make it to the intestines alive, which is the goal. If we couple the Just Thrive probiotic and the Just Calm, what do we get? We know the probiotic alone is helping with the leakiness of the gut and helping all other types of things in our, with our overall health. But we know now we add the Just Calm, it's helping with our mood. Guys, Just Thrive is a game changer. If you're ready to take control of constipation, bloat, and stress and live your healthiest life yet, you can get 20% off your first 90-day bottle of Just Calm and Just Thrive probiotic today. Just visit justthrivehealth.com and use the promo code HEALSQUAD. You won't regret it. That just gave me the chills. Because I think that's the only way, right, is, is you're right, it's you know, it's a it's a pool of things where we're a whole bucket of feelings. Of course, don't worry. My wife, she's got to get to her. I'll hear my wife somewhere <laughs> in the house. My dog doesn't like to be locked in anywhere. He needs to flow. Uh, so I get it. But yeah, we're we're all of those things, and I'm really grateful that you brought up the cancer journey because I think so many of us, when we're going through an extreme hardship. It's so easy to get sad that you aren't necessarily the center of of the universe in that moment, right? <laughs> there have been so many times where where I I I've said to different people, I said, you know, someone you love dies, and then everything just keeps on going. Can you even believe that? That's just crazy to me. Like my mom died. Like the world should stop. And and I know that's not technically how it's supposed to go but it does it does give you um a little help in understanding that it's not um it's not a negative thing it's that you need to fill yourself up with all these other things 
I like yeah, that. You know, I, I remember during that time, there, were, there was a, a fellow a journeyer in cancer, an amazing woman who we became very close friends. And when she finally died and she lived like, you know, nine lives um, and I had seen her the day before. And the next day was that she died. I got a call that she had passed and it was a beautiful day and I didn't want it to be beautiful, you know, and but the light was mercilessly beautiful. The light kept coming in on my face as if to say, feel what you must, but I am not going anywhere. I will be here when you're done. And I've always remembered that, that it's not being mean or indifferent. It's being life. It's life being life. Mm. And we're all, you know, one of the things in, in, and I think, you know, you're, the name of your your podcast here, Better Together, is so important right now. We are better together. We are more together than alone. We are whole when we reach out to each other. And, and we never know which gesture is the one that will make us more together than alone. And that's that's why we have to have the faith to just do it. You know, I could see someone, a woman, uh, drop her groceries in the parking lot and my going over and helping her, I'll never know if that's the one gesture that gets us to tomorrow. And that's kind of beautiful. We all need to keep doing those things. I, I think one of the things that was so um, hit me, and I don't know if hit you when the pandemic was beginning given your your journey and experience but for me i it really brought up a lot of emotional stuff from my cancer journey and i i pinned it to two things one was i remember going and getting diagnosed and i walked in there and this doctor told me i had cancer and i was afraid and thrown upside down and thinking, oh, you must have the wrong folder. That can't be me. Um, But when I left, the door I had come through to keep that appointment was gone. There was no way back to life before that appointment. And I think what the pandemic, why that came back to me, I think the pandemic has done this to humanity. Mm -hmm. The old world's gone. Mm -hmm. There is no going back. And unless we're better together, unless we're more together than alone, we're not going to discover how to go forward. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. (laughs) you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Agreed. I said the same thing. When I look at photos in 2016, I, and I look back at the Moffin, there was this one day I was on the set hosting E! News, and I was wearing these, you know, pink pink top and these like kind of red bottoms, and I was laughing, and I was having so much fun with my, my cast, and that next day was when my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer, and then a few months later, I got my brain tumor, and I look back at that day, and it's just like you said, that door that closed, that life before is completely different than it is now. And I said the same thing, because I used to think, how can I share the the epiphanies and the the new kind of 
life lessons that I had um, learned through this experience with people without having them have to get a brain tumor. <laughs> and the, the, the pandemic COVID was the collective brain tumor for everyone. Yes. That's when everyone got to see how precious life is, how precious your family is, how precious your time together is, how precious your health is, all of that, the whole world. I mean, it's mind blowing to me still that the whole world stopped and that door closed, like you said, and it's a whole new world now. It's a whole new world now. And, 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 and one of the things, you know, in the Jewish tradition, the word Sabbath means the one day we don't turn one thing into another. And the pandemic has forced us into a global Sabbath. We can't keep running and even dreaming and scheming and manipulating and turning things in. We're forced to realize, just like you said, everything as it is, is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Everything as it is, is precious. And, and as I reflected on, on all of this, that the old world is gone and how precious, you know, it reminded me of, I don't know if you've heard of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She was, yeah. So she was the modern mother of, of the hospice movement, which is, hospice has been around forever, but she was the modern mother of that. And her stages of grief, which are um, uh, fear, denial, anger, depression, and acceptance. And they don't, they're like a con, like you bounce around them. They, they don't happen in order. But look at our society in the last year and a half. We have whole parts of our society that are in denial that the old world is gone. Mm -hmm. And they're angry. Or they're angry, denial. They no, this, you know, people are, are dying in hospitals and, and they're saying, this is a hoax. This didn't happen. And we have a whole part of our society that is in anger that the old world is gone. And these are all the people who don't want to get masked. And what are we protesting against? Biology? Uh, you know, sorry. It's just, it is what it is. And, and, and so, and it's not to blame people, but of course that denial and that anger leads to the fear, which leads to the pushing away, which leads to the crime, which leads to everything as if, you know, we can change it. The only way to change it is to come together. Mm -hmm. And that's not changing it. That's moving forward. And I say this humbly because you know, one of the paradoxes that I feel every day is that we are they. There is no they. Mark Nepo, with his profound depth and poetic wisdom, illuminates the path of vulnerability. His lessons on embracing vulnerability as a wellspring of strength and authenticity remind us that it's in our willingness to expose our hearts that we truly connect with ourselves and others. Up next, Monica Burke. The change junkie, um, it's interesting because I think most of us come into this world as a same junkie. You know, we want things to be the same. We work really hard to get the things that we have, right? It's how we're conditioned. It's the way that we grow up. It's the culture that we're in. So for instance, you know, you, you often, one would mirror their parents for good or bad. So if you grew up in a home that didn't have, that might seem like the most important thing is to have monetary things. Also, if a family placed high value on those things, you might also think that that is the ultimate currency for happiness in life. But in reality, you know, it, it's, it's really a, a, a life of curiosity and self-exploration. It's about understanding that you are meant to go to places you cannot even comprehend or imagine. So, if you see it that way, then you wake up in the morning with a plan, you have goals, but then when they don't happen, then you realize, right? Let's say it's a big goal. Well, maybe that wasn't supposed to be the outcome, but everything I learned in the process is really the purpose. Again, what an expansive way to live life. And I think that for most, again, we just fear change. And that's why fear and change go hand in hand, because we think that, wait a second, I 
did really well in school. I got the best grades so I could go to the best school so I could drive a flashy car and have a nice home and have great things. But why am I still not happy? So everybody's going to get to that point place in life. I don't care what you have, what you don't have, where you are not satisfied because it's never going to be enough. And that's the importance of having this kind of awareness and consciousness that change is the only constant in life. And therefore, I should really invest a lot of time into thinking about who I want to become, into getting more comfortable with things that will change because they will forever. Because guess what? If you think that things are going to stay the same, when you turn 70 or even in your 50s, you're going to be like, wait a second, I never anticipated this part of my life and I'm really uncomfortable. So as uncomfortable as change might be, the chain, the, the stagnation, right? Staying the same is by far more uncomfortable. So it sounds like you're getting a lot of your kind of happiness from change. Yes. And it doesn't seem like it should be like that. It's quite, it's, it's kind of upside down, right? But that's the truth. Because I'm not fighting what is. Instead, I'm I'm looking for the gift and the opportunity. We were just talking about that, um, dealing with what is. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. Um, so you say there are three types of fear. Will you go through those for us? Yes. So there is healthy fear, there is real fear, and there's illogical fear. Because I think it's really important also to be able to name your fear. When we put fear in one big bucket, it becomes very overwhelming. And then you don't know where to start. And then you, you make it this big kind of mountain that's insurmountable. And then you just you stay paralyzed in that fear, that emotion. So healthy fear is exactly like it sounds. It's set up for our survival and our protection. It's there to keep us safe. So for instance, if you were... You're going on a hike and you walk too close to the edge of a cliff, right? Your heart starts racing, your stomach gets butterflies, you step back, and it's there really to protect you. Same thing if you go too close to an open flame, you have a reaction. All of those things, our bodies are set up in that way to keep us safe. Um, it's interesting because recently I did a workshop with teenagers on this idea, and I was really interested to see what kind of fears they had at age 13, 14, 16. And they have many of the ones that adults are stuck on like rejection, um, need for approval, wanting to be part of a group. But it makes sense because it goes back to ancestral times where if we really, for instance, were you know on our own, we would die because we needed to be with a group to survive. So the idea and the fear of to be feeling ostracized makes sense, right? But you have to know that in today, we're just running on very old software. That's not, we can survive on our own. You know, we need to be with people, obviously for loneliness, it's not very healthy. But um, again, those fears that come up for us are rooted in that. And my nine-year-old daughter was at that workshop and she said, I have a question. If we never knew the word fear, would we be afraid? Which I thought was pretty profound. And it goes back to that again. Yes. DNA, ancestral things, for sure we would. So healthy fear, I'm okay with, right? It's there to protect us. And that's kind of connected to intuition, which we can go into in a minute. Um, then there's real fear. Real fear is based in reality. It's being afraid of things like death or illness or losing our loved ones. These are things that happen, right? But even with that fear, we can use it as a motivator for change. So if that's the case, let's say if we're afraid of illness, we can make sure we live a healthier lifestyle where we eat well, we sleep enough, we exercise, um, we get blood work done yearly, whatever that looks like for you. Or even if we are afraid of losing our parents, you know, spend the time really enjoying them, telling them you love them instead of complaining or you know, doing things begrudgingly, like really just to be there and be present. So with real fear, I'm okay with that too, as long as you understand how to use that energy in a way that is supportive. And then there's illogical fear. And this is where most of us are. We 99% of our fears are illogical. It's the things that keep us paralyzed, that stop us from writing the book we want, that stop us from public speaking or, or saying our dreams outside or really exploring them. Um, it's fear of failure. It's fear of spiders and elevators and snakes. I mean, fill in the blank. That's And that's the fear that we can eradicate because that does not serve us. That is there to really keep us small and stop us from really changing and growing in the way we're meant to. Keep us small. Kelsey, what were we just talking about yesterday? Literally that. Oh my God. Um, we're I'm a about psychic too. <laughs> it's just, it's That's very funny. It's I love wild. Synchronistic. Yeah. So, so I think a lot of us, you know, suffer with that. How do you get out of it? So there's many tools. I think first, 
you have to have the desire not to want to be in that place anymore. I think a lot of people go through life and they think that some are lucky and I'm unlucky. And you have to understand, and like all of those illusions, right? Those kinds of negative belief systems. The only thing that keeps you from seeing all the opportunities in front of you is fear. So obviously it's, you're going to feel unlucky because you simply cannot see what's right in front of you. There's been many tests of, um, you know, they'd have a gorilla run in, in the room, you know, a man dressed in a gorilla suit, and they asked them to focus on something else. And they were so focused on counting how many signs there were in the room. They didn't even see the gorilla come in the middle of the screen. And it, it just gives another example of the illusionary world we live in. We simply cannot see when our mind is preoccupied with something else. So that's the first thing. Um, the Which second, why I hate multitasking. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm working on a third book and I'm really kind of struggling. I have a lot more responsibility and I'm, I'm kind of understanding now where I'm feeling like, well, I don't feel as efficient as I was, but I'm like, wait a second, you're doing a thousand more things than you were. And I'm also not wanting to do those things. So I'm like in the middle of this, but that's a whole different other topic. Mm -hmm. It's cleanup time. I, I swear. Um, yeah. So I'm in the middle of that, but uh, the first thing, again, I think is is that, and then to name your fear, right? Um, if you're able to give a name to it, then it's not that scary because it's not, again, somewhere out there in the unknown. And I'm afraid of everything because you're just reacting to a feeling, right? To your stomach, your heart racing, whatever the case may be. So it's really to identify it. I think also another tool is to create a fear mantra. So instead of, um, or rather an anti-fear mantra, Instead of, let's say you were afraid of public speaking, instead of the, the thing in your mind over and over again is that people are going to think I'm a fraud or they're going to think I'm stupid or they're not going to understand me or I'm going to make a fool of myself, right? We're very good at the negative dialogue that we have. Instead, the anti-fear mantra would be, I really believe in what I'm going to say. I have a strong desire to put myself out there in the universe. It's going to be great. And even if I reach one person, that's a first step, right? It's to get our, our, mm -hmm. our place our state to being not rooted in all of the negative and the fear and the what ifs, but rather what is it that I want it to be? That's funny. I just did a whole episode about kind of standing in your power and how I used the, I got my confidence from my intention when I spoke recently in public and it changed the entire game for me. And, and it was like mind blowing how, the results. So I think those are great tools. I wonder if you could explain naming your fear a little bit more, because am I naming an individual fear and how am I naming it? What does that process actually look like? Well, you can give me an example of a fear you have if you want. I think that, um, again, I think people are just afraid of the unknown, right? Um, will, will this happen to me? And it's usually the mm -hmm. things that we're most terrified of. So I think instead of the living in the past, right? We're afraid of something that had happened to us or something that we saw happen to somebody in our family living in that space. And instead of living in the future, well, what if this happens? What if it doesn't happen? To really take your your yourself to the, the place of the present. Where am I right now in this moment? What is within my control, right? There's many things we cannot control or influence at all. But one thing that you can is your perspective. It's how you view things. It's how you see your life. And I think that people underestimate that power. You, you know, a thought is just a thought and you can change that thought at any time, but you know, you must be willing to see it. So if you have a fear of, um, let's Your say kids we, being born sick. Okay. Right. So I never had that fear and, and that is ultimately what happened. I think that you need to get to a place where again, in my life, there will be many things that I can control and many that I cannot. And that would be one of them. So you have to look at your life as a whole out of all of the things that I can do, right? With this child being born the way they were, living a life of fear, right? And I remember when Josh, that's my, my second son, I was like, what's going to happen when he goes through puberty? Who's going to help him? Because I had a fear of schizophrenia. My, my uncle became schizophrenic when I was eight. It seemed like it was overnight. I thought it was contagious. I used to hold my breath when I walked by him. And then for the rest of my life, until I wrote my book, when I would walk by homeless people who were speaking to themselves, even if I was on a long distance run and like deep into it, like in the 18th mile, I would hold my breath then. Like fear had a hold on me so tightly. And it does that for most of us, for all of us really, unless you challenge it. So when Josh was born, I remember thinking of all the things 
that he had to have, why his mind, right? Because that was what I was afraid of, that I wouldn't be able to connect to him, that I wouldn't understand him. And I also had shame that he came from my body. And I'm speaking completely transparently because I was able to change all of that. When he, when I caught all those thoughts, I thought, wait a second, as spiritual as you think you are, this is not the person that you want to be. And this isn't enough for you. I was shocked that that's where I had gone to in my mind. So I had to really reprogram the way that I thought and really love myself even more deeply. And I don't ever feel shame or guilt or blame now. These are emotions that are never in my reality ever. So everything's possible, but you have to be willing to know, you have to believe that that's the truth. And then you need to be able to challenge your perspective. And there's questions you can ask yourself, like, you know, how can I, I shift where I'm at for me to see that, you know, to not be a victim, and to see it as an opportunity. You know, you, st- you have to have this dialogue with yourself where you really become your best friend. You're like an investigator at the same time to really delve deep into why you're reacting the way you do to certain things. So did you name your schizophrenia fear? Well, ultimately what I understood with my my big ones were, um, yeah, the first one was schizophrenia, right? That was the first time I really was just terrified, really. And, and nobody explained it to me, none of the adults. And by the way, you know, as an adult now, I can tell you it wouldn't make me feel better because, you know, there's pre-genetic disposition. I feel like, oh my God, I mean, it would have still scared me in different ways. Um, and then I had anorexia when I was 17. And again, terrified. I, I was afraid of, of never being happy, of never finding love, of never loving myself. But ultimately in all those fears, and then even with Josh, it's all come down to the fear of the unknown. What if this bad thing happens and I don't know what to do and I can't survive or I can't overcome it? That's really what fear is. I mean, you can think about any fear you have. What's the ultimate outcome we're afraid of is I will be alone. I will be sad. I will be hopeless and helpless. Mm -hmm. And none of that is true unless you let it be. So fear, honestly, like any emotion, especially any negative emotion, is there to make us aware of something we need to pay attention to. It's there as a tool and it's ultimately a gift. The problem is we give it too much energy. When a person's Mm -hmm. angry, they think, oh, I'm an angry person. I need anger management courses. Or I'm sad. I need to go on antidepressants right away. And of course, there's a time and place for everything. I'm not saying for somebody who really has a severe diagnosis of anything, but for the most part, we can really challenge ourselves and say, okay, I'm not any of those things. I'm feeling those emotions. I'm not going to become the emotion. What is my opportunity here? What is my option? And that's why I named the book Fears on an Option, because if fear is no longer an option, you're going to ask yourself, what is? Wow. So when Josh was born, was that when you, did you know before that he was going to be born that way? No. So it was a surprise. It was a shock. Yes. Monica sharing that revealing the layers of our fears that often hinder our growth and transformative power of naming those fears is a game changer. Up next is my dear friend Koya Webb speaking our truth boldly and unapologetically and letting go of societal expectations she says will help us step into our power. All I heard growing up with my brother was he's different. It's a he's a boy. It's mm-hmm. different for boys. Right. Right. So he could stay out late. He could do whatever he wanted. They weren't afraid for him, but I had to be afraid. Mm-hmm. I had to be afraid because someone might hurt me or take advantage of me or kidnap me or do something bad. I had to be perfect. I had to be a good girl. I couldn't speak. Like you have to just be quiet and, yeah. and good. Right. Like that's how they, and the perfectionism that's like yes. ingrained in us as young girls. And then I realized, Oh, well, really, what's the difference as adults? Because that's how the adult thinking, the adult mind is. So when you go into the workplace as a woman and you watch your male counterparts be able to do whatever the fuck they want, Mm -hmm. right? Which is what I experienced. They could do whatever the fuck they wanted. They could literally be dicks all day long. And they were praised because they just, nobody would touch them because, I mean, God forbid you want to go up against him. He's tough. Mm-hmm. But God forbid we speak up and say we need something. We're divas. They instantly shut us down. Quiet, 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 quiet. Yeah. And then what happens? You get that lump in your throat that becomes thyroid disease. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's so common because like you said, we're told, you know, be seen and not heard. And that is blocking our energy of expression. 
which is who we are. Like we are vibrating at this high level, at our highest and greatest vibration. We are speaking our truth. We're standing in our power. Like I can go through all the chakras. We feel safe and secure, but let's just go through what you just said. Cause I want to take us on this mm-hmm. journey through the chakras. The first thing you said is like, I don't feel safe. That's your root. Mm-hmm. So what's your root is off. It affects your entire body. If we don't feel safe, we can't even functionally as our highest and greatest self because we don't feel safe. How do we get to feel safe when, for example, Mm -hmm. I'm at Tony Robbins' seminar, and one of the most powerful moments at his seminar was when he said, hey guys, raise your hands if you ever feel unsafe walking down the street. And like five out of 15,000 people raise their hands. Women, how many of you feel unsafe walking down the street and every woman's hand goes up? Right. And you're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Think about the energy that is ex- expand, like that we express every day, just living in fear, walking out the door. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Just to go get gas, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in any kind of vulnerable position at any time because I'm scared, because I have been shown reasons to be scared. You, my friend, have gone through it yeah. on a whole other level mm-hmm. and from people you trusted, which will talk about at some point. But we are also taught, like I said, as little girls to be scared of what's possible. Yeah. So that's just something that's in us and for good reason, unfortunately. So how do we keep a balanced chakra when we're terrified? And then again, terrified as, as adult (laughs) women stand by and then terrified as adult women to actually speak your truth and be honest, because then the way they counter you. And if you watched impeachment, you will see Monica Lewinsky getting completely bullied, completely manipulated, completely tortured for speaking her truth because they will lie. They will come at you. They will say anything to discredit you. Yeah. So now how are we supposed to be honest? My philosophy, <laughs> like seriously, you went there, so let's go there. Let's go, let's go there because this just Taking needs to be. Like, take off your sweater, girl. She's like, <laughs> "What are we doing about this?" Like seriously, my philosophy is: fear is feedback. Fear is feedback to places we need to heal, mm. and not just one of us, but all Write of us. Write that down, damn. All of us, right? If all of the women in the room are afraid, that's where we need to heal. And it's not just a woman problem. It's not just a man problem. It's a us problem. Mm-hmm. We all got the problem. Yeah. You know, try woman, black woman, like fear, fear, fear on top of fear is anxiety, right? So once we see that, we have to do something about it. We can't just look at it and say, oh yeah, everyone's scared. Okay, next thing. Let's go into the next thing. No. Is there any way in this moment that you can feel less fear. What would make you feel less afraid? Maybe if you turn to your partner of the opposite sex and look at them in the eye and say, I love you. I see you. I love you. I see you. That simple exercise. In that moment at that conference, if he asked that question again, I bet half the women would feel more safe. If the male came to us and said, I see you. I, I love, love you. you. I see you. Yeah. Because they're understanding our position. Because we all want to feel love and seen. Mm-hmm. And we're afraid because people, if people don't see us, if they don't value us, if they don't love us, mm-hmm. then that's what we're afraid of. They will harm us. Yes. We're not usually, even though it happens. No, but I mean the generic fear too. Exactly. There's two of them. We're there talking two. two components here. And the fear for one, our physical safety. Exactly. And then fear for our emotional safety right. and our like, Human so safety, one yeah. is real fear and one is imagined fear, right? So the real fear is if your child is running out in the middle of the street, that's real fear. If you don't catch them, if they don't see the car and the car doesn't see them, the real fear is that they might get hit, mm-hmm. right? That's that's real, right? And the perceived fear is if when my kid runs away from me, if I don't like slam them down or give them a whooping and make them not run away from me, then when they run out in the street or when they do something, you see what I'm saying? So one is real at this moment, someone's in danger and I need to get them out of the danger. Mm -hmm. The other is like, I'm actually going to give you some fear right now so that you don't get yourself in trouble in the future because I'm scared right now. You see that? Both of the fears 
are still feedback to places where we need to grow. Because at the end of the day, things are going to happen. But if we live afraid of the things that are going to happen, we're actually bringing that trauma into the now. Mm, yeah. One. Yep. So now we're experiencing trauma twice. If something is going to happen, which I just said at the beginning, things are going to happen to us our whole entire yeah. life. Right. So why would I bring future trauma <laughs> yes. into the now? Why do I want to bring it? <laughs> such here? a great point because it's like we're fearing the thing that may never happen anyway. Exactly. But at the same time, it's really hard when we are again bred to be afraid as females. Exactly. And when you know how dangerous it is, right? Yeah. And and what's possible. And so, I mean, I feel like every time I turn around, I'm hearing about another girl that was roofied. Yeah. Literally like people who are tangentially connected. Right. And you're just you're just horrified. And I am terrified to have kids because I'm like, "Oh my god, I wouldn't be able to control that." Yeah. And my fears are now going to be tenfold, right? Yeah. This is me rationalizing the, the fact that it hasn't happened yet. I'm like, oh, maybe that's why it's not supposed to happen because I can't handle any more fear. <laughs> well, the thing is, and as someone who has experienced sexual assault, if every relationship I get to, if everywhere I go, I'm afraid it's going to happen again. Or if I'm afraid, like, again, that's bringing the fear until the now that's not even existing. And also that fear, that trauma, that vibration is, again, misaligning me with love, protection, strength, everything that's in alignment with love. So I grew up just like you, afraid, afraid of what I was wearing, afraid of what I had to say, afraid, 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 right? And so we know the energy that we put into something, we are, and not to say that things are going to happen just because you think about them. But those fears, those fears are feedback like, oh, okay, like you said, is this a lesson that you want to learn that you could still be loved? If this happens, if that happens in life, no matter what happens to us, we are asked, can you still be love? Can you still align with love? I was just on the podcast with my dear friend, Londrell, and he said something differently than I normally say it. And it made me look at this quote differently. Um, and the By the way, I, I love that you're actually crediting him. I hear so many people adopt what other people say and they just make it their own and it's so frustrating to me. I know. So I'm like, it doesn't hurt to just say, oh, this person told yeah. me this. Anyway, go ahead. And I'm actually going to credit someone else for us. So, <laughs> so my, my, my spiritual godfather, <laughs> um, Michael Bernard Beckwith, um, you know, I, I started going to Agape and it was like, you know, I learned, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And I wrap my mind like we're a spiritual being yep. having a human experience. I love experience. that line. When I experience um, sexual assault, I what helped me heal is I realize like I am not what happened to me. I am a spiritual being, and that is something that happened within my human experience, and I don't have to attach to it. What Landrell said about a month ago when he came on my podcast, which blew my mind, is that we are spiritual beings having a spiritual experience, and I was like. Not a human experience. And what it gives you the opportunity to, to do is no matter what's happening to you in the human experience. Doesn't kind of matter. Because you align spiritually. Mm. You feel it? Yeah. So it's like every moment is sacred. Even this moment with you, it's like, it's sacred. Like I can get like caught up in like the past and what happened to me and the trauma and like, you know, just like have a moment, right? Like, oh, of anger or frustration. And then we can come into this moment of connection of sisterhood, of community. And it's like, what's the problem? Mm. We're spiritual beings having a spiritual experience. And so when you take the power, and I love that he said this, like we at any moment can remove it from this fear, from this frustration. It doesn't mean it disappears. It doesn't mean the problems in the world disappear. There are still places we need to heal. But at any given moment, you can align with love and bring yourself back to a spiritual experience. Mm. And that is empowerment. And that's what people listen to. If you feel depressed, if you feel down, if you feel sad, Bring yourself back to the now. You know what's interesting about that is <clears throat> I feel like I had the most amazing conversation with Deepak Chopra where he talked mm. about kind of, I mean, how much of a speck we are in this universe. <laughs> like the Milky Way is still a speck in the universe and yeah. whatever. And when you think about a spirit having a human experience, 
The human experience is so less than a speck, a speck divided by a billion <laughs> multiplied by, you know, 0. 0.00001 divided by another billion. But the spirit is so much bigger than the human experience. So in a sense, even though this is sacred, none of this fucking matters. Yeah. Because it is, it's the, the, the spirits that are aligning matter, Right. And the love that's aligning matters because that's what is bigger than the little things that happen to us and and around us. And that's, I think, what's like so cool about that. Right. Because you don't get caught up in the human experience when you focus on the sacred. It's like a healthy compartmentalizing. It's a health. (laughs) And it's it's also in 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 the sense of oneness, right? And I believe in oneness. If someone's hurting anywhere, we're all hurting everywhere. Mm-hmm. If someone's in joy anywhere, we we can bring that joy into our life as well. Yeah, you know. And when you think about it from that perspective, Oof. if yeah. you can own it, it can help pull you out of the darkest days. Because I mean, I've had some dark days. Yeah. You know, I've gone through EMDR. I've gone through lots of therapy. I've done a lot of work when it comes to meditation, yoga, breath work to help myself heal. And what I realize is that I'm not going to ever stop doing those things in this human experience because the more that in this world, especially as an empath, the more I'm receiving, the more I need to process, right? And when you energetically receive the news, receive social media, receive all the things that separate you from love because they put you in a state of fear, Mm -hmm. you need just as much aligning yourself with love. Right, you can't go all day with the news and with social media without your meditation, without your yoga, without your best friend telling you how great you look, without the foods you love, without the drinks you love, without all the things you love. Because again, it's an imbalance, Mm -hmm. and that's what's happening in the world today. There's yin and yang. There's light and dark. That's never going to stop happening. What's happening is that we're out of balance. We're so piled up with so much fear. That we can't see the sacred, we can't see the love, we can't be in gratitude because mm-hmm. we're overwhelmed with the darkness. And so my goal, you know, with my book and what I do is just bring the light, bring the love, acknowledge the darkness, acknowledge how we need to heal, acknowledge how we need to stop attacking people in this in the street, acknowledge how we need to stop neglecting ourselves, neglecting others, and neg- neglecting our planet. How can we stop doing that? Talk about that, but also live in the now of, and we're still here. Yeah. And we are breathing. And if we're breathing, then we have an opportunity to heal. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.